If you can help me announce that to your neighbor, tell him the seed of reference. And probably saying, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to talk about, we're talking about the promise of the seed. Well, what seed are we referring to? And so I want to point us to the seed of reference. In this sermon series, we've been talking about how the Bible can be looking on as a symphony. And we talked about how a symphony has a series of movements. The symphony also has different instruments or stanzas within that have the percussions, that have the strings, that have the brass section. And, and sometimes in the percussion section, there might be a percussionist that plays a triangle. And oftentimes the triangle does not have a very big role in the orchestra. Oftentimes they might not play many notes, but maybe just one note. And it reminds you of a story about one percussionist I was reading about how he only had him and the tambourine player only had a few notes at the end of the whole orchestra. And so they had to stand there in preparation for the whole length of this orchestra concert. Have any of you been to an orchestra concert before? You know they don't last 30 minutes. You know they oftentimes have intermissions because it might be so long, you know. So they had to be up there for about an hour standing in the ready position because they signify that they were going to play the most important note of the whole symphony. And so therefore they had to wait. So everybody was playing and playing, waiting for them to play that note. Let's look at Genesis when we open up our Bible. We see how God created the heavens and the earth. And, and in Genesis you see how God made man after his own image. And later on we find how sin came into play, how man messed it up. And since man messed it up, God says, I curse them. He cursed the serpent and told the serpent all this day he'll be laying on his belly eating dust. But yet that wasn't the worst curse. The worst curse was he said that you will have enmity, animosity between your seed and the woman's seed. And the woman's seed's heel, the heel of the woman's seed will crush your hand and it will bruise his heel. And so in the beginning movement of the symphony, God has set up how he's going to work out our salvation. He said there will be images between her seed and your seed. Y'all see that there? You see that when it says that there's a seed, a singular, saying not seeds of, but her seed. And so what is that seed they've been waiting for? We later on read in, in Genesis, you can find out how Adam and Eve had relations again, and they had a son. They got excited. I have Cain. We shouted, Lord has given me a son. And later on it says they had Abel. But she was excited about Cain because as the first male seed, she got excited. And is this the one? But no, he was not the one. So much so, we found out God cursed him because he murdered his brother. And then she went on and had Seth. And then we see Seth's lineage coming down and how God was moving through Seth. Because through Seth's lineage, we find out where Noah came. And then Noah, through his lineage, we find out where Terah came. From Terah, we find out where Abraham came. And Abraham, he had a son named Isaac. And then Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And these are the children of Israel. But God, way back, going backwards to Abraham, told him, I will bless your seed. And it said, your descendants will have this land. I will make your name 
great. Do you see God's been moving this action of pushing the seed of reference through generations, through years, just for our salvation? So I want to catch you why when, when Mary sees the, the angel Gabriel, how she was aware of what was going on. Because she was promised of a seed. And so she was promised of a seed. She's thinking something major is going on here. Because all of their lives they've been waiting for the seed. In your life, have you been waiting for some things? You go to school just waiting for the, the bell to ring. Because when that bell rings, you can get up out of class. Some of us, you might have worked at shops and they had a horn. You waited for the horn to blow. It was either lunchtime or time to go. I, I remember when I worked the midnight shift at the grocery store, and these were my favorite times. When the man got up and said, lunchtime, yes. It was time to get up right because after lunch, everything was down here after that. It seemed like the day was almost over once you went to lunch. But before lunch, it seemed like the minutes turned to hours. But when he said lunchtime, boy, those minutes turned to second. I couldn't wait to get up out of there. We waited for a sound to signify there's something to move next to. But yet in our anticipation, in our way, we become anxious and we do things that we should not do. In our time of anticipation, we become anxious and, and we try to rush things. But you realize that as the song says, you can't hurry God. No, you just have to wait. And so in this, we see that God was not rushed. Man tried to do what they wanted to make things to come. But yet God was in the orchestrated day. As we realize in the, in the symphony and the orchestra, they all have different uh, uh, parts where they sit. That first seat, second seat, the percussions on one side, the trombones, the trumpets, all put them together because they all have a part, an important part to play. We too, as part of God's great symphony, all have important parts to play. It's not up to us to say, I want to be in front. I want to be here. Because think about the person that's handing the triangle. He's not in front. Uh, he's all the way up in the back. He's not the one directing. They don't really care about him. He's not even involved in the whole movie. He just has to stand there for hours upon hours waiting for he can play that last note. But you have the violin get their solo. You got the trumpet, get their solo. The viola, get their solo. The drums, get their solo. But good old man is waiting to cannot when is this going to be on? I can see the children of Israel waiting for God to send them that seed. Because think about times they were going through. We've been enslaved. We've been oppressed. We've got a king, Herod, that's not even of the throne of David. And he's trying to kill our own babies. He put taxes on us. He thinks he's somebody because he built a temple. We don't care about this man. We wanted him gone. Just think about how they're strangers in their own land. Waiting for a deliverer. Waiting for the promise to come. Just like some of us wait for our promise to come. Some of us got this promise that every Friday, folks will pick up a paycheck. So come Monday, you waited for that promise, for that promise to come. Because you know that if that promise does not come, some things will be undone. Some bills will be unpaid. Some lights might go from on to being off. A warm house might become a cold house. Uh, a fed stomach might become an empty stomach. You can see how one promise can, can, lack of that promise being fulfilled, can cause some hardships in our lives. 
and God realized that I have a promise waiting for you. This is the promise. Turn with me, if you will, to Galatians, the third chapter. In Galatians, the third chapter, we're going to look at the 16th verse. I am reading from the New Living Translation. When you got this, say, say, I got it. If you still travel, say, hold on. I'll hold on. Because I want you to enjoy this journey as we're seeing God composing this great symphony leading up to this last note to be played in our lives. That's going to show us how much he truly cares for us and loves us. If you're there, say amen. amen. Still travel, say hold on. Amen. The word of God says, God gave the promise to Abraham and his child or seed. And notice that the scripture does not say to his children or to his seed, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child or to the seed. And that, of course, means Christ. Y'all see that there? This is, verse 7, this is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. Verse 18, for the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of keeping God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. I want you to crash this here. God made a promise to Abraham that was not even nearly being completed 430 years later. Because 430 years later, that's when Moses took him into the promised land. And they were oppressed. But yet God told Abraham those 430 years beforehand that your descendants will be strangers in a land. And when they're strangers in the land, God said, I will judge the ones who held them captive. But I want you to catch this there. Over 430 years, God is able to keep his promise. How long have you kept a promise? Now, I know you got that one you kept, but how many have you broken? You see, you see for us, for us, keeping a promise it's difficult because we are limited in what we can do. We say to our friends, our best friends, those we love, no matter what you're going through, I'll be there. But that does not account how you might be in a trouble too. And then you can't be there as you said you would. You see, many times in our lives we are limited, but yet God is not a man. Basically, so therefore God has no limitations there. So he's not a man that he shall lie nor change his mind. God will say and he will do. Aren't you so glad? And so Paul is trying to urge the Galatians to find out here that hold on to the true promise, the real promise. Don't be listening to what everybody else says. Because during this time when he writes to the Galatians, he opens up the letter and says, I'm ashamed of you. I'm appalled that you're going to a different gospel or another gospel. And he clarifies that there really there's no other gospel. Because there's only one, the seed, the truth. Many times in our lives, we get caught up with other things that we think is going to bring promise in our life. We think, think something else other than Jesus will bring us joy. 
We think something else other than following God is going to bring us peace. But peace only comes from God. Joy only comes from God. Love only comes from God. Only when we're wrapped up in his arms. I'm telling you, it's a sad thing when you see people in pain and suffering when they don't know Jesus. Because when I, sometimes when I go to the hospital, I meet some people, I, and I don't know them. They don't know me, but when I find out they don't know Jesus, I see how hard their hearts are. Because they don't know what to hope for. They don't know what to look forward to because this is all they have. But do you understand that God pointed out that this world is not your home? That God said, I desire you to be with me. That's why I'm sending my seed to bring you back to me. God has been orchestrating this from the beginning. This did not just happen overnight. This is not something that just came up later on. But no, God has been in the saving business since day one. So you see that this seed, the provision of the seed, look what happened, that, that we are all under the law. And under the law, we can't find righteousness. But yet, since God gave us the law to tutor us, the, the text says, to tutor us, to prepare us for the seed. So that when the seed came, we would know what to do. Many times in our lives, we, we are waiting for things to come. Don't you have to get training in order to prepare for that? You waited to drive that car. Mom promised you. Daddy promised you. When you pass that driving test, you'll get to drive a car. Or if you, if you really, really got a good household, you might get a brand new car. And, and so you're waiting on that promise. You're training. You're preparing yourself. You go to the class. You pass the lesson. And you're waiting on that promise. And, and in our household, my parents had a promise that after you get to college, <laughs> you just might, just might have a car. It wasn't guaranteed, but you just might have a car. So we had, I'm, I'm planning on that promise. So I'm going to college. I'm maintaining my education and thinking that when I get home, I might have a car. It's holding on. So we do preparation for the promise. You see how God's been preparing us to receive Jesus. So much so that Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, had a baby to prepare the way for Jesus. Do you see the themes? In symphony, the themes or, or stanza or melodies repeated in each movement. Do you see God keeping this theme and repeating, always trying to prepare hearts and get them ready for what God is going to do. Before God took them out of, Mo, out, out of Egypt, Moses had to prepare their hearts to follow God because they went from worshiping many gods to worshiping one God. And so God had to set them up, set them up to let them know that I am Jehovah. I am God Almighty. I am the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the one who has delivered you out of Egypt. You came out of Egypt into your salvation. Look at Egypt in a continuous theme, how they get in peril or they get in trouble. They would go to Egypt, the patriarchs would, and they come back out of Egypt, the patriarchs would. Look at Jesus, patriarch. He went into Egypt. When he was in danger and turmoil. But he came out of Egypt when Herod was dead. Moses left Egypt because he was threatened. But when Pharaoh died, he went back to Egypt to deliver the people. Do you see the themes over and over again? That God's been working this out from the beginning. That this is not happening for sale. But he's preparing us to see the pattern of his salvation. Can you see it in your lives? How, how, how you know what God told you to do, and you went ahead and did what you wanted to do, 
and you came back to see the same patterns being repeated in your life, every time you do what you want to do, it always fails. But when you do what God calls you to do, it always works out. Because when you are obedient to the proper pattern of his will, of his obedience, it's amazing how you start making good music. Does anybody have that one song that you can listen to and put a smile on your face? Anybody have that one favorite song that somebody sings, no matter when they sing it, no matter what they do, you got to stop and listen to the whole song? You know, because I, 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 I have some songs like that myself that, you know, other songs you can fast forward and skip. But if you, if you ever been scanning the radio and they're playing a the song you like, and you tell somebody, hold it right there, stay right there. You don't care if the middle, the half of it, or about the end. You just want to hear just a part of that song you like. And in the same situation with God, God is making beautiful music. He is singing over us. He is letting us know that I'm making you a part of this great promise. And the promise is pointing to Jesus. When you look at the seed of reference, they, they thought they had a seed in David, but David said to my Lord, and so then David wanted to build the tabernacle, but God told him, no, David, you can't do it. But look what happened, though. David gave the plans to Solomon. And then Solomon made the tabernacle. And then Solomon was able to set it up before those who followed after him, but his sons didn't follow, and the kingdom got split. But look what happened there. The kingdom mainly stayed with Judah. And it catches the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin stuck together. I want you to catch this theme here. Judah was the one that said, I will give my life for Joseph. When Joseph was in Egypt, when they were going back there, Joseph told his dad, Dad, Daddy, Reuben, he, he said he'd give up his two sons, but I will give up my life if we don't come back with Benjamin. And now look how Judah and Benjamin are together now as the tribes. See the themes developing? See, God, God does things so simplistic, we make it so hard. God makes it so simple. How, how, how can I be saved? Stop sinning. Well, now, that's, we're talking about some hard stuff now. Because lying, man, that feels good. Stealing, man, when I can get it easy while I work. We, we make up excuses for convenience. But then when we get a mess, we want God to work a miracle. But if you just let God move, you'll be seeing miracles happen every day. Miracle signs such as that you just happen to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. I don't know if you know my, my dad's testimony, but I'll tell you another testimony about a cousin of mine that, that happened to have a diabetic episode. Yeah. Out riding a bike and realized that he wasn't going to make it. So he said, if I can go towards a street that can have more people to see me, maybe I might find some help. Yeah. But he got even more tired as he kept on trying to get to the street and I can see God is working this out. Well, this, this is one of my child. I'm going to watch over him. I'm going to bless him. And so he sees a tree. He sees a shade. He said, if I can just rest for a little while. Maybe I get my strength back, I can get up. But he got under the tree and he laid down, but he didn't get back up. But yet he happened to be in a field that had somebody else in the field. And that somebody else in the field happened to be a diabetic. And so he recognized the symptoms and went up to see what was happening. And he was able to help him out. And he was saved because somebody saw the affliction on him. He thought he could get help at the street, but God was already watching him. Do you see how, how these things work out? Look who took our sin sickness. Look who can see our symptoms and our turmoil and our pain. 
Look who can intercede on our behalf because he knows what we're going through. It's not just anybody, but it's the seed. The seed showed up because nobody could show up and save you. The seed stepped down because nobody else could step down to pick you up. Do you see how God been working this out since day one? Things just don't happen by coincidence, but by God's providence. How is it that God blessed that young man to, to be seen by another man that knew what he was going through? That's nothing but God. You see how God's been working this out? Look how the seed came to be, Jesus. It was miraculous. An angel comes and tells Mary, you're going to be with child and you are blessed, highly favored among all women. Why? Because you are carrying the seed. We see how that seed in Mary, when she went to go see Elizabeth, the seed in Elizabeth jumped up in excitement because of the seed was in the building. Some of us need to stop acting with our heads down and realize just because Jesus is alive, we can jump up and be excited because he's in the building. And so you see that the seed of promise has been coming through. And so next time you open up your gifts, before you open up that gift, I want you to thank God for the seed. Because it wasn't the seeds of Abraham, but it was the seed that came through Abraham. Some 42 generations that came down. When you look at the genealogy, you can see that it wasn't all Jews. He took a, a prostitute. He took a Moabite. He took some people that did some ungodly things. But yet God said, I still will use you for my blessing. Do you understand here? I don't know what your background is. I don't know what you're going through. But God can still use you for some miraculous things. Because it's not because of the law, but it's because of the seed that's over us and, and in us. And because of the seed. Not just any seed, but because of the seed, uh, the line of the tribe of Judah, the bright and the morning star, the lily in the valley. Because of the mighty counselor, the wonderful creator, the prince of peace, because of Jesus, we have a blessing. And so when God got to that point of the symphony, to sound that note. I heard the angel was saying to us, a child is born. It got so good, uh, the shepherds came and worshipped him. Guess what? The noise traveled over east. And so over east came west. Some, some wise men that came and brought some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. Do you see here that when the child showed up, things started moving? that Jesus showed up in your life, you can see things moving. And, and I, I want you to get excited about that note being played on Christmas Day. How God got to that moment, play that note. And Jesus showed up. The Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That was another note. And so when, when he said it is finished, whoo, that note played and rang cloudy, the enemy was upset because he realized that, man, I'm fighting a losing battle. Because who can stop him now? Because Jesus stood on our behalf. The seed of reference can step up. But I want you to know there's one more note to be played. 
this earth to tell us about the Father. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He wants us to be with him, and he wants to be with us. And the only way to be to be with him, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can be, get to the Father but through me. And Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm going away to prepare a place for you because when I come back so that you can be with me. In other words, he's coming back to take you back with him. So that means that he's coming back so he can be with you and you can be with him. Because when you look at the beginning, the story begins God with man. But some interruptions came that man could not be with God. That had to leave his presence because sin, sinful man, cannot stand in the presence of God. But God says, I realize your condition and what's going on. That's why I send my son who knows your symptoms. He knows your pain. He'll, he'll become cursed for you for the promise so that you will be blessed through the cursing of him. That he'll take your sins in his body so that when he dies, so does your sins die. But catch this. When he rose again, then you too rose again in victory, free from death, free from dying. But to live. And that's why Jesus says, Yet those who believe in me shall not die but have everlasting life. And so you see how the Simpsons have been playing that God started out with man. There's going to be one more no play. And that's the archangel sounding his trumpet. And glory, Maranatha, Jesus comes in power and glory. And we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, hallelujah. And then we'll be able to say glory, 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 hallelujah, and worship him forevermore. But now we're in between movements, waiting for that last note. So live your life according to the music. Live your life in reference of the sea. Live your life fully dependent on Jesus. And truly not just celebrate him on Christmas Day. But every day can be Christmas Day. Every day be an opportunity for I celebrate you showing up on the scene. May we bow our heads. Father, we come to you, God, right now. Lord, we thank you for the seed. The seed that you promised through Abraham that will come through 42 generations to us. That while we, we were still sinners, Christ died for us so that we'd be saved. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you see what we're going through and that has not stopped you from keeping your promise. Father, we, you, we thank you that, Lord, nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too difficult for you. So, God, we pray right now that you just speak into our lives. And, Lord, that we'll be obedient to listen. And that, Father, Lord, when you say, we'll be obedient and go. That, Father, Lord, we'll say no to what you tell us to say no to. We say yes to what you tell us to say yes to. Lord, break our hearts with what breaks your hearts. Lord, we, we want to sin no more, but love you more. Father, Lord, we truly want to celebrate Christmas, not just on this day, but every day we want to celebrate how Christ did come and was born to save us. And so, Father, until you come again, we pray that we stay obedient and humble and serving you and doing your will. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that God should say amen. 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 Pastor Prosser, you come forward.